Hey, and welcome to the Vintage Church at Buffalo podcast. Here you'll find a teaching for your life from God's Word by Pastor Wes Aram. So, let's get to it. Hey, man, one year anniversary. We are so excited. Thank you so much again for being here. This is... uh... Wow, it's a, you know, we can go on and on about never expected this, never planned this. This wasn't part of my, my uh, plan in my own uh, personal life. And yet God started to work in people's hearts and in my heart. And uh, in fact, you know what? I'd like to acknowledge there's a team of people that started praying about this and meeting with me a year before uh, this church officially launched. Uh, and God put it on their heart to do that. They're our, our core team, and I'd just like you guys to stand because I'd just like to acknowledge you and say thank you to you. So would you please just, these are, these are the core people, some of them in the back right around there. There they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. God gave these people a vision for this. Thank you. You can be seated for, for this. And, uh, and so we started meeting and praying uh, together uh, a year before we ever got started. So just grateful, grateful for people, grateful for you. For coming, and uh, we've uh, we've done this church thing, uh, this church plant deal, this beginning, in a way that uh, is very unusual, and some would some would say foolish, and I'd probably agree with that. But typically, when you when you start a new church, you do it under the umbrella of a large church, uh, so they can give you finances and support and people and stuff like that. We didn't do that, uh, or or you go with a church planting organization that can give you legal help and funds and direction. We didn't do that. Uh, and we planted in Buffalo in winter. So that was, uh, you know, uh, yeah. The fact that you guys are here and that we're actually meeting and this is a one-year anniversary, that's the Lord, man. That is totally, that is totally God. So it's cool. I'm excited. Hey, we're going to get into God's Word because that's what we do here. And uh, I've got some exciting things to share with you. So this is our habit. We always ask God to speak to us because we believe that God has communicated uh, His truth through His Word. And I don't want you to miss what he has to say to you, he brought you here, and uh, he has arranged the details of your life to put you right here because he has got something for you. And so I'm going to ask you to ask him to speak to you because I don't want you just to hear from me. I want you to hear uh, from God, and I want to hear from God too. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes uh, again, if you would. And, uh, and you guys know that this is what we do because we want to hear from God. We put him on center stage, man. And so just silently... And you may have never prayed anything like this before, but I'm, I'm begging you to pray. Just silently, just say, God, you got my attention. Speak to me. I want to hear from you. God, again, thank you for the privilege of being here together. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And now, Holy Spirit, be our teacher through the word. May we hear your voice, Lord, and may we respond. And may you get all the glory because you alone are worthy. We pray this in your name, Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Grab your Bible. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, where we're going to be there in just a minute. So either the hard copy you brought with you or on your electronic device, that's cool too. Or there's a Bible in the pew holder in front of you. So uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. Acts chapter 2. Now on your song sheets, there are some notes. And so they're filling the blanks because uh, I have found for myself and for others that this is super helpful in order to process and engage with the uh, the truth we're going to look at tonight and also as a way to remember which is super super helpful so you've got those notes there and right there at the top of your note sheet this is why vintage church at buffalo or vcb 
as we love to call it. This is why we exist. This is why God brought us into existence. It's this right here. Finnish Church Buffalo exists to be a community of believers who are passionately loving and following Jesus and helping others to do the same. That is why we're here. That is why God has brought this church into existence. Right there. That is what we want to be all about. The church is God's idea. That's why I grabbed the name Vintage. I've always loved that name. I called the college ministry that I started Vintage and now started this church Vintage because it means, you guys know, as I've said this before, it means back to the original. And we want to go back to, hey, what is God's original plan for His church? Because church is His idea. So what does He want it to be about? And that's what we want to be about. When you say the word church, it's in two respects, okay? There's large C church, and that is the church universal. Every believer of all times and all places belong to that church, okay? Living, dead, in heaven, that church. Then there's the local church, and that is small C, and that is where a group of believers meet together and are committed to the study of God's Word, the celebration of ordinances like uh, the Lord's Supper uh, and baptism, as well as being committed to one another. Now, because the church is God's idea, and to help us understand the power and the process of the church, God, in His Word, has given us some pictures to help us grab what the church is to be all about and all of its wonder, wonderful nuances. And so I want to share three with those real quick, and there are blanks on your page. So the first one is this. The church is a family. The church is a family. When you become a Christian, when you invite Christ into your life, when you realize that you are a sinner, you need a Savior, and man, you want to go to heaven, you want to have a relationship with God, the Bible calls that eternal life, life that never ends, and you realize that Jesus has this to offer you through His death on the cross and resurrection, when you turn from your sin and repentance and place your faith in Christ and invite Jesus into your life, not only do you get eternal life, but you get a new family. You get the family of God. You get adopted into God's family. I have some scripture listed there for you. Let me read those references. Ephesians 1.5 says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. This is God's heart to reconcile us, to bring us into a relationship with himself and to give us a family, brothers and sisters in the Lord. 1 Peter 2.17 says this, Show proper respect to everyone and love the family of believers. Then in Matthew 12, 48-50, before I read it, let me give you the little context, the background. Jesus is teaching tons of people there. His family of origin, Mary and brothers and sisters, they show up and somebody says to Jesus, Hey, your family is here, meaning his biological family. And Jesus pivots and takes that moment to make an incredible declaration, and it's recorded for us in Matthew 12, 48 through 50. He says this, He, Jesus, replied and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, Jesus was not dogging on his family of origin, okay? Because that would go against everything that he's taught about honoring your father and mother and loving your family. It's one of God's uh, top tens, actually. So, you know, he didn't, wasn't doing that. He was making a new paradigm declaration to say that once you become a Christian, once you follow me and do the will of my father, you become my family. Isn't that incredible? That means as a church, we are a family, which means you have a place to belong. You and I, we have a place to belong. 
And there is a deep connection when you realize that you have a family member by you that is a believer. How many of you have ever had this experience? You go to another town, another state, another country, you run into someone you don't know, you talk for a while, you find out that you're both Christians and instantly there's, an, there's a connection there. Anybody ever have that happen to you? Yeah. Isn't that wild? Isn't that great? You know what? It's not just, hey, we like the same team or, you know, we enjoy the same food. There's something much deeper there and Jesus is the one who's telling us about it, saying, listen, you are a part of a family and the reality is, is that at times there will be moments in some people's lives that guess what? Your spiritual family you are closer to than your family of origin because there is a connection that God wants us to participate in and to enjoy. So the church is a family. You have a place to belong. This is a place of love and redemption. The realization is simply this. We are all broken and you are welcome. And the invitation is this. Come and be helped and healed and encouraged and changed and transformed. Don't come and just sit in your brokenness. Come and let's go on this journey together. So the church is a family of people who are with God and with one another and belong to God and belong to one another, which is why we gather. That's why we gather on the Lord's Day on Sundays. That's why we gather. Hebrews, again, I have that scripture listed for you. Chapter 10, 24 through 25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Because some people say, hey, I don't meet. It's not important. We don't have to get together. God, through the author of Hebrews, is saying, no, that's not wrong. I mean, that's not right. It's wrong. We do need to get together. Not, right? giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching, the day when we're going to meet Christ. It's important for us to gather together. God said so. So the church is a picture that God gives us to help us understand. The first one is we're a family and you have a place to belong. Second picture is this. It's a body. The church is a body. Just like a physical body has members, spiritual body. The church has Members, under the headship of Christ. Romans 12, uh, 4-6 says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. That means that we belong to one another, which also means that what you do impacts me, what I do impacts you. When you choose to obey God, that blesses me, that helps me, that you know, is positive in my life. And likewise, right? When someone in your family, in the church family, disobeys, that affects other people, right? You know, it's not just you're on your own little island here. God says you're connected. There's a beauty in that. There's a power in that. So that one hurts, it affects everybody else, right? If you ever have the, had the experience of hitting your, your thumb with a hammer or some tool or something like that, it doesn't just affect your thumb. It affects every other part of your body. Right? And then when you put ice on it, it soothes your thumb and affects the other parts of your body. That is the picture that God has given us here. That we are members of one body. Members one of another. And we all have a role to play. Yeah. You all, you all have a role to play. You know, some are more out front. Some are behind the scenes. Just like in your regular body. You see your face. You don't see your liver. How many of you got up this morning thinking about your liver? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Tom says, yeah, I do. He, he does that. He plays that game operation. You know, pull out the, you know that one. Yeah, he gets that. Yeah. 
sure, we don't think, but you know what? All of those things are important. They're critical. They're critical for the functioning of the body. Ephesians, I have it recorded there for you, 4, 15 through 16 says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head. That is Christ. Christ is the leader of the church. It's not me. It's not people. Okay? We live in, in, in an age where you know, there are celebrity you know, pastors and preachers and things like that. It's not the head, man. Jesus is the head. He, he is the one that matters. His word is the one that matters. He is the one who holds all authority, right? Verse 16 in Ephesians 4. From him, Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, not just some, every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Every single person in the family of God, in the church body, has a role to play. You have a role to play. And we'll talk more about how influential you actually are in just a minute. Third picture that God gives us in His Word to help us understand what the church is. This is a sojourner. Let me spell that for you. S-O-J-O-U-R-N-E-R. A sojourner. That means we are on a journey together through this life because this life, this world is not our home. We are on a journey together to our true Home, 1 Peter 2.11. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, your translation may say aliens and strangers, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. This is who you are in this world. So don't act like this world is going to be the place where you find all your fulfillment and you find all your happiness, because guess what? It won't deliver. It was not designed to. Right? Heaven is our home. That is where we are headed. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 2 says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal home in heaven, not built by human hands. And meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Ephesians, I mean, Philippians 3.20, But our citizenship is in heaven. That's our home. That's where we're going. And we are journeying through this world together as a church. So when we gather together, we come to this place on a Sunday night to step away from the world for a time, a brief moment, and reset, where we get to worship our King together, where we get to hear His voice through the proclamation of His Word, and where we get to be encouraged in the company of the redeemed. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's what it looked like. And if you pay attention, you'll get a taste of home. If you pay attention, you'll hear the echoes of the home that you are being called towards and that we will enjoy forever. We don't come together to isolate, okay? We don't come together to do that. We come together to be refreshed and renewed, and then we go out of here recommissioned to share the good news and the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ that everyone can have. That's what it means to be a church. And so the early church, they gave themselves to four things, and it's right there in your scripture, Acts chapter 4. Take a look at verse 42. Look what it says. They, this is the early believers, this is the first church, ground zero for the church right here. This is what they're all about. 
They devoted themselves. Notice that word devoted. It's not just, hey, they had a casual commitment towards, oh, hey, they did it when they thought it was good or when nothing else messed with their schedule or, you know, if there, you know, there wasn't a better offer on the table. Nope. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Four things. The apostles' teaching. That's the word of God. Listening to God through His Word. Here at VCB, we have a high view of Scripture. This is the inerrant, inspired, infallible Word of God. It is our final authority on all things for living and life because God is the creator of life. He knows how it works and He's put it down for us in black and white and He loves us. And He says, I'm going to tell you the truth. And so Scripture is our final authority. We match everything up to that. We don't put experience over Scripture because the moment you do that, then it's, it's game on for anything and everything. That's how cults happen. When I had this experience, so then you know I'm going to try and find a scripture that matches that experience. That's not how it works. We see what the Bible says, and then we bring our experience up underneath. Otherwise, how do you know if it's from God or if it's not from God? Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Have you ever been duped by... Have you ever, how many of you have ever been deceived by your own feelings? Anybody besides me? Yeah, some of you, okay. Other of you, you're lying. We know that. Okay, so you're deceived right now. So you're in. Yeah. Listen, we understand that. Right? That's why God gives us a standard. So we don't have to depend on culture or our own feelings or the opinions of people. God says, here's my word. I will tell you the truth. And so here at VCB, we want to get into God's word. We want to know what he has to say to us, man. We want to hear his voice in it. It's alive. And so we give ourselves to it. We're devoted to it here and beyond in our daily lives. Second, it says they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. That means caring and connecting together for the purpose of mission. That word fellowship literally means participation. That means we come together to care for one another, to connect with one another, and to encourage one another on to the mission of sharing Jesus with other people. That's a fellowship. That's a participation. Man, there's a connection there. How many of you have ever been on a missions trip before? Anybody? Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. When you have people on that trip that you went on that maybe you didn't know very well, but by the end of that week, you were fast friends. Why? Because you participated together, you fellowshiped together for a mission, and God wove you together. That's what I, I want us to have happen in our lives here as a church family. <laughs> We have fellowship. They devoted themselves to it, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. That's times of celebration at the Lord's Supper and also in baptism. You know, you want to know, uh, we started baptizing people uh, before we officially became a church. We just started gathering to just kind of test the waters to see if anyone would even be interested to show up. And so we started doing some, some baptisms in the backyard in the Thompson's Pool. And uh, to date, we have baptized 29 people. So, uh, yeah, that's the Lord. That's absolutely God, man. That's pretty exciting. And yes, they do have an awesome pool. But, you know, I don't think that was the big attraction. I think people wanted to declare their allegiance to Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. We want to celebrate, you know, what God is doing in our lives and in our midst to encourage one another and giving, uh, following the ways that He has given us uh, to celebrate. And then finally, give themselves, they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. That's why we will always have prayer as a part of what we do. We do teachings on prayer. We have a prayer team. We will always uh, have prayer as a focus because the early church did and because God says, my house will be a house not of, right, incredible tech, 
You know, not of you know, busyness, not of even amazing preaching. My house will be a house of prayer. And so it's on God's heart. It's on his priority list. It's going to be on ours. And so that's what we are going to be about. That is what we have uh, strove to be about. That's why we'll continue to strive to, to be about uh, in this coming year. And so to that end, uh, let me tell you about a couple things we've got coming up. Uh, we are in the final stages of, of finalizing our discipleship material that we are going to uh, uh, invite people to come and be a part of. It's three sessions, and uh, it f- is framed around three decisions that will transform your life. That's why it's called the 3D Transformation, three decisions that will transform your life. And it will be not only the heartbeat of our church, but most importantly, the heartbeat of God. And so we're going to invite people to come and be a part of, of this uh, this uh, program, I hate to call it a program because that sounds like kind of stiff and stale, like, oh, I do that, I check my box, and I move on. It's not that. This is an ongoing life, a life journey of discipleship that not only will help you, but will also equip you to help start disciple somebody else. And so that is coming here in the new year, uh, probably next month, in the final stages, like I said, of uh, developing this material should be done here in the next couple weeks. Uh, And along with that, next week, next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new series called Everybody is a Theologian. And here's why. Because everybody believes something and everybody believes something about God. All right. And so we're going to lay out and dig into the critical uh, beliefs of the Christian historical faith. Because in a world that is pushing you and me and hounding us to swallow its version of truth and buy into its heretical teachings, it has never been more important to, be, to believe right about the right things. We want to believe right about the right things. And so we're going to dig into this. We're going to drive some stakes into spiritual ground of our life as a church because I want us to know the right things from God's Word and believe right about them because it matters. It matters in our lives. So everybody's a theologian. We're going to have fun with that, and we're going to get after it. And it starts next week. So, man, I hope you can be here next Sunday night as we kick off this brand new series. So when we started this church uh, a year ago, and tons of prayer, tons of conversation, you know, and I want to say thank you for those of you who have jumped on and you're participating. I know many of you go to a church in the morning and you come here at night. Thank you so much for that. We're just super grateful that you would choose to do that and support us and what we're trying to do and just really trying to obey God and, and follow Him. And when we uh, put this together, we put some markers you know, along the lines of these four things that say, hey, here are our targets, this is going to be our boundaries, this is where we're shooting for. And one of our primary markers to know that if we're hitting those targets, are, is, are we seeing life change in people's lives? Because the last thing I want to be a part of is a, a meeting, a gathering, a church where you come in, you hear a message, you go out, and nothing changes. That's a tragedy because this is the Word of God, man. He is alive and active, and He's got a plan for your life, and He wants to draw you in a relationship with Himself and, man, set your heart on fire. And so uh, that's one of the things that we, that we put as a, as a top marker is our people's lives being impacted. Is there life change? Is God doing something and growing them and forming in them something towards Him? And so to that end, to find out, you know, how do you find that out? You talk to people. And so about a month ago, I handed out some cards, uh, and I have a sampling of them right here. They're anonymous, but I, I put, if you'll remember this, I put three questions out to you, and they were this. Uh, I asked, 
uh, write down or answer one thing that God spoke to you about this year at VCB, or two, one thing that you love about VCB, or three, one thing God did for you here this past year at uh, VCB, Vince Church of Buffalo. And so I said, answer one, answer all three. It's totally up to you. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to know your name, you know, so these are anonymous. Um, and uh, so here's a sampling. I'm going to share it with you, and I'll tell you why I'm doing that here in just a moment. But here's a sampling of, uh, of the cards that I received and the comments that were on these cards. Uh, one thing God did for me at VCB is he surrounded me with the right people at the right time. I've been encouraged to pray and fast more. The fellowship with the ladies has been just what I needed. Again, the ladies had an incredible uh, event this past uh, Tuesday. I had a great time, uh, Soup for the Soul. I wasn't there because I'm not a lady, and, uh, but I heard it was great, so that's awesome. Uh, I love the intimacy of testimony time and chat time. Both make me feel like I know the congregation better. Uh, inspiring, relevant biblical teaching motivates me in my faith and meeting and connecting with other believers. Uh, God has taught me humility for who he is and who I'm not. BCB provided a church and community at home. Through the baptism service and being baptized, I was able to have spiritual conversations with my family, sharing the good news of Jesus. I love the community at VCB, and I'm extremely thankful for the people that I've met and for the Christ-centered relationships that I've built. You all rock. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I love this church because it brings us back to the Bible, 100% truth, no shows, no flashy worldly distractions. I love that we are a family and will pray for and encourage each other. Uh, one thing God spoke to me about is a way to effectively be personally in prayer for many others. One thing God did for me is he opened the door for more intensive support of brothers and sisters' needs and having someone specifically praying for my needs. Uh, one thing God spoke to me about, VBC, uh, VCB, is no matter what God loves me no matter where I am in my journey. No matter what, God loves me no matter where I am in my journey. This one, I love how warm and welcoming VCB is. VCB gives me a reason to open a conversation about the Lord. It has made me bolder. One thing God spoke to me about VCB is he is present in the details of my life. He loves me and knows the depths of my heart. One thing God did for me here, helped me step out of my comfort zone in getting to know new people on a deeper level. I love the fellowship and hospitality uh, here at VCB, and here I've gained a better understanding of God's love for me. One thing God did for me is brought me back to community. I love the authentic fellowship and praise at VCB. I learned that stepping out in faith can be really hard and really scary, but it's even more terrifying to not step out at all. And when I did, that, uh, when I did take that step in faith, it was more amazing than I even thought it ever could be. To grow closer with God is worth anything I could ever do. I was very encouraged by the Time to Train series and the application pieces for spiritual disciplines and ways to study God's Word. I love the unity found amongst this body of believers. This is what the church should look like. And the Lord graciously blessed me with a church to call my home, filled with believers who truly love Him and are living for Him. We are praying and seeking to share His truth with others. That is just a sampling. And here's why I wanted to share this with you. Two reasons. One, because this is praise to God. This is praise to God. Only God can do these kinds of things in a person's heart. But let me tell you something else. I want you to be encouraged by that too. It's because of you that these things are happening. It's because of you, the way you reach out, that people feel welcome, that they feel like there's a connection here, that they feel there is community, that people who have prayed for them that is you. And when you sit and you take notes and you're engaged with the message and digging into the Word, you encourage others around you to do the same. 
So not only is it praise to God, but man, I want to thank you and I want to encourage you by this because this happened as a result of your obedience to the Lord and reaching out and creating this, uh, this body, this family, this journey together, which is pretty, pretty awesome. I have one final card I, uh, I want to read to you and then I'll, I'll speak to it. Again, it's anonymous. It says this, So far, I have not really committed to God. I've listened and paid attention, but the door between God and I is closed right now. I've learned a lot from the sermons I've gone to, but nothing has really stuck with me. First of all, I want to say thank you. If you're here and you wrote this or you're listening online, I want to say thank you so much for your honesty. Man, that is awesome. Okay, because let me tell you what we're not going to be. We're not going to be a church that just pretends everything's okay when it's not okay. If you've got a problem, we don't expect any of us to walk in here going, yeah, I got my whole life together when inside we're just hurting or we're dying or whatever. And if you have questions, man, we want to talk about those things. One of the number one ways in the surveys that I've recently read, number one reasons that young adults walk away from the faith is because their churches didn't answer or even attempt to answer their hard questions. So they didn't think there was an answer worth having, and so they started to walk away from the Lord. It's not going to happen here. You know, I don't have all the answers, but you know what? We'll go to the Bible together and we'll look at, we'll look at stuff. And so I'm so grateful for the honesty of this person. But I would say, uh, not but, but let me say a couple things to this, address this, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, one, let me just see a show of hands. How many of you have ever felt like God was distant from you? Like there was a door between you? Yep. Look around. Look around. Look around. Just look around. See all the hands? One of Satan's tools and one of his tricks is that he wants you to think that you're the only one experiencing something like that. You feel, he makes you feel isolated. He loves that. He's a liar. That's all he can do. He's great at it. That's all he can do. Right? And so I felt like that too. There are times when I feel like the, the door between me and God is just closed. And let me tell you, for me, there's two main reasons. One, because I believe the lie about God, that he's not good, that he doesn't care about me, that he doesn't hear or answer my prayers. And once I start to look through that lens, I misinterpret everything. Thing. And then secondly, second reason why sometimes that happens with me is uh, there's something in my life that I need to surrender that I don't. Something that I need to say, here God, you take this, and I don't. The Holy Spirit's convicting me about it. I say, no, I want to be in charge. I want to control it. And, and I don't. And so I stiff-arm God. It's not that he doesn't care about me. It's not he's not pursuing me, but I stiff-arm him. It's, it's, on, it's on me. So, uh, so what do you do? What do I do in these situations? The first one is I dig into the Word. I want to get the truth so I can expose Satan's lies. And I ask God to help me believe it. Because a lot of times I don't feel it in the moment, and it doesn't look like it. But I ask God to help me believe it. Because guess what? Our feelings and our situations are temporary. God's eternal. His truth is eternal. That's what you want to bank on. That's what I need to bank on. And sometimes you just need to tell yourself this truth a hundred times a day. Secondly, if there's something that I need to surrender, I just got to do it. I got to lay it out before the Lord and say, God, here. I, uh, here. I don't, I, I want to control this, but I know I need to turn it over to you. And sometimes that's your unanswered questions. Sometimes you got to surrender your unanswered questions to the Lord. And just go, here. God, I need to turn this, this over to you. I don't want to hang on to it anymore. Because control is, is a facade, by the way. You can't control. You can't even control your own heartbeat, for crying out loud. You know, we can't control things. We can't control them. You know, Satan wants us to believe that we can. God is the one who knows what we need. And he is the ultimate authority and control. And so surrendering our lives to him, best move. Best move we, we can make. And then you just take a step. 
You just keep moving forward in faith. The Christian life is a, is a walk of faith. You know what that means? That means you're not going to see everything. You're not going to know anything. It's faith, right? You trust God. One final thing I want to say, address this, and, and we'll close. The first line is, so far I have not really committed to God. Can I just say, in kindness, man, I mean, I, I feel for you, and I'm so grateful you've written this. But underneath it all, that's the real issue. Is that you haven't opened up the door of your heart to the Lord. Because he's knocking, Revelation 3.20, he's knocking. But he is not going to blast that door open. He's knocking because he loves you. Because here's the truth, God is committed to you. You may not be committed to him, but God's committed to you. He showed you that by sacrificing his son on the cross. He can't do anything more. He's already shown the ultimate commitment that he has. He says, I want you to know me. Look at what I did for you. My son sacrifices love for you. That's the kind of commitment we have to you. Don't let what you don't know about God keep you from what you do know about God. Don't let what you can't understand about God keep you from experiencing what you can understand about God. And so if you're here and you're like, I haven't really committed, you know what you know about God. You know that He loves you. You know there is eternity. There, there is death. Heaven is real. Hell is real. God's offer is real. You know that. You know the world is broken. Look around. You know, and all the money and all the education and all the tech and all the, all the anything that has tried to fix it can't. Why? Because the problem isn't out there. It's in here in every single one of us. And that, and that alone is where God can do His work. So if you haven't committed your life to Christ, can I just encourage you and invite you to do that and watch what he will do. Don't let what you don't understand about him keep you from what you do. Church is a family, a place where you belong. Church is a body, a place to come, get encouraged and serve. And the church is on a journey. We are journeying together. We come together to get a taste of home. And then to get out of here, recommissioned to share the gospel and live our lives unto Jesus Christ. That who God says the church is, and that is who we want to be. That's what Vintage Church of Buffalo is all about. And we invite you to join the journey. Let's pray together. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. Just take a moment silently and just respond to God in the sanctuary of your heart. Just respond to Him. What did He say to you? And what do you need to do about it? I don't know what that is for you, but you do. If you ask God to talk to you, He answers that. He answers that prayer. Take a moment and just respond to Him. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Final question. If you're here and you've never invited Christ into your life, if you died tonight, could you honestly say, I know I'm going to make heaven? If you can't, if you're like, I'm not sure, or I'm pretty sure I won't, man, that can change for you right now. Jesus gave his life so that that could happen, so that you could have a relationship with the Father. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, so loved you that he gave his only son, Die on the cross. Pay for our sins, your sins, my sins. So that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Will have a relationship with God. 
If that is what you want, you want to have your sins forgiven, you want to give your life to Jesus, it's an all-in commitment. So you can know you're going to heaven. You experience God's love for you. If that is you, if I'm talking to you, then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer after me. Not out loud, in your heart. Mean the words as your own. They're not magic. It's just that God, somebody helped me pray to God one day. They gave me some words, and I wouldn't like the opportunity to do the same for you. Just pray something like this. You want to give your life to Christ. Just silently just say, Dear Jesus, I'm a, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. I believe you died for me. You have life to give me, and I want it. So right now, Jesus, I turn from my sin. I repent. I turn to you. I trust you. Come into my life and save me. Forgive me of my sins. I am all yours. I'm all yours. Heads bowed, eyes closed. No one look around. But if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want to remember you in a closing prayer. So with no one looking around but me, I'm going to ask you right now, if I, pray, I pray that, I meant it, Wes. I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand so I can pray for you. So, well, I just prayed that prayer. I meant it, Wes. Just pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do want to remember you in a closing prayer because it's the most important decision you'll ever make. If that's you, raise your hand so I can see you, so I can pray for you. God bless you. I see it. Thank you. Right on. Anybody else? If you're listening to this online, man, I just, and you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Christ, just go to our website, the tab that says How to Know God. Click on that. It'll give you some information. It'll really help you. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us so we can help you in any way possible. Lord, thank you for those who raised their hand tonight. Lord, thank you that they made uh, their commitment to you. Help them to know that if you've met business with them, if they've met business with you, you have absolutely met business with them. God, you've come into their life. You've given them eternal life. Help them to know that. Give them a desire for you, Christ. Father, I pray for the rest of us that we would walk out of here encouraged to live our lives for you. Lord, we just ask that you would make this church all that you want it to be so that when people come, when people hear about it, they will hear about you. And Jesus, your name will be made great to Vintage Church at Buffalo. Lord, it's yours, and we thank you for giving us one year. We pray for more. We pray for greater fruit for your kingdom. Thank you, Christ. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church at Buffalo podcast. To connect with us and to get more encouraging biblical content, go to vcb.church.